Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, innovation in architecture. For young startups and even even well-established companies here in, in the area, there needs to be a focus on making money in every square foot where people aren't going to be able to come back to work. So we need to focus on how we can have the most impact in the, in the widest array of space. Placemaking is essential to develop in any community. How the place is designed will influence behavior. Many people claim to do it, few do it well. Gavin Daniels, our next guest, is founder and principal of Wingate Hughes Architects. He's very much in the middle of innovation and entrepreneurship here in the D.C. region as an architect and designer. Gavin, thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. Well, am I correct that architecture and placemaking come together in, in ways that are very important? They're, they're essential. Um, Wingate Hughes Architects was founded on this belief that anybody, regardless of class or race or, or well-being, is meant to have great space to work in. And that's a fundamental belief of our, of our company. And we've been so fortunate to work in design in D.C. and the areas and work and learn more about the community here and how we can help them. Tell me some of the places and where maybe some of our listeners have been to that reflects this, this uh, ideology methodology. We've designed for a lot of the local tech startups like Optoro or ISL over at the Wonder Bread Factory, Track Maven, Everfi's local education tech company, and even to, to companies that are embracing new new ways of thinking like Ford Government Affairs Office or CBS. What makes a space amenable to innovative thinking? The people. The people, well, the people. <laughs> but we're not it talking really HR is. today. What do you do, and, and how do you create an environment through design and architecture to encourage people to think creatively? We we think of a space in what what you're going to do, and finding ways to ask questions and bring out the way people want to work and the way that the leaders of the company want their company to go, rather than and design to somebody. We design with people. So is that foosball tables and, uh, and all you can drink coffee? I mean, oh, what, it what can is it? be. Oh, it absolutely can be. Hmm. It's, it's in some ways thinking fundamentally different about architectural spaces and focusing on the idea that those, those amenities are nice. Um, but for young startups and even, even well-established companies here in, in the area, there needs to be a focus on making money in every square foot where people aren't going to be able to come back to work. So we need to focus on how we can have the most impact in the in the widest array of space. Uh, one of our companies recently, Trustify, is a tech startup that is uh, bringing private investigators to people um, in a completely different way. And we created their space that has a lot of young mothers in this space, uh, good open work environment, but also a need for privacy. So we created mother's rooms. We created private little getaway nap rooms and places also for some of their clientele to come in and feel safe. Years ago, I was a managing partner of a significant and, and well-known California firm here in town, and I went through this process of designing space and made the mistake of creating uniform size offices and shrinking the partner's offices and basically got shot for it. Mm -hmm. Do you find that this generation of workers is looking for different things? My impression of baby boomers is that space for many of them is trophy space and big offices and so forth. Is that still the case? There's a balance that, that struck. Um, there is There has been a sense of entitlement. I, I've gotten to a certain position in an office, and I should have a certain size office that goes with that title. More and more, we're finding that there is not a one-size-fits-all. We think that the, the worst thing that's happened in innovation over, over the last few years in architecture and interiors is that people think sit or stand is a big deal. And open or closed offices is the only choices. We think there's a, a million more choices in between all those. And our job is to learn how everybody works. And if they understand this space is going to be great for them and help their lives be better when they're at work, 
They don't care what size their office is. They don't care how open it is. They want something great. How did you come to this? Uh, It sounds like an interesting way to spend your time. Did you grow up in a family of architects? I I grew up uh, in Houston uh, with a wonderful family. My two grandfathers, actually, um, both would have been architects um, had they not gone to World War II. And uh, so I learned a lot from them of how to build and how to draw, how to create things with your hands. And that was a huge influence on me uh, from early on. What do you think it is about working with your hands? I hear that a lot from people in different industries. And, you know, we had uh, uh, Thor Chaston, the founder of Right Proper Brewing, and just last week talking about that. What is it about working with hands that that drives people, makes people happy, you think? Well, I think Right Proper was onto something. Uh, I listened to their interview last week, actually, and it's about an understanding of the materials that go into the product. When you're building something with your hands, you know every piece that you put into that so talk to me a bit about the D.C. region. You grew up in Texas. How did you end up here? I have a beautiful wife. Of, uh, we got married in 2000, uh, so it'll be 17 years this August. And uh, she followed me all over Texas, going through uh, graduate school and architecture and construction firms, and uh, finally said, hey, I want to do my thing. So we came out here to D.C. so she could get into politics in the big leagues. So she's in the politics of the big leagues. You turn up, you like to make things. What was it like coming to this town? I, I think in the aughts, many people still thought of this as a pretty buttoned-down conservative business community. How did you find your way as an architect and find your way into working with uh, startups and innovators? Well, I kind of try to always take an optimistic view of, of people. And, and rather than focus on what I think you're supposed to be, I want to get to know you and find out who you really are. That's a real Texan thing to do. Uh, growing up in Houston, living in Dallas and San Antonio, some of these monster, huge cities, Coming to D.C. was like moving to a small town and really embracing the tech community and the real estate community. A lot of people, we all know each other, and, and that really made it comfortable. And, and you really have to earn your place here in this community, and people value hard work. As we're doing this What's Working in Washington show, some of the stories that you and I and others take for granted aren't being told. What do you think we need to do as a region to have people understand how deep the entrepreneurial and business community is and how much of it has nothing to do with federal government? I think I think that's a, a great issue that we need to continue talking about. It one of the forums that DC and Howard University have worked with, uh, with us and Luma Labs to provide is In Three, which is a great innovation incubator center um, over on the campus of Howard University. That type of, of area and that that office space um, for tech startup entrepreneurs that are part of this community that are often the forgotten part of the community, whether it's African American women the GLBTQ community, this is a a safe space for Mm -hmm. them to talk. And I think that the coverage of that space has been amazing. Uh, The Mayor Bowser's push behind that and her team to raise the the bar on what we think is acceptable here. I think that's that's part of how you do it. So what's the the neatest thing, the most enriching thing about coming to work every day for you? The people that I get to work with. I work with some of the smartest people in D.C. and some of the best designers in D.C., and they are always pushing me. And we, we have a rule in our, in our office. You have to be getting better every day. You have to improve every day. And out of all the designs that you've done, what has been the little tweak that you've done that surprised you the most with the most results? Um, a lot of it is, is the small technical things and, and being able to design something that everybody thought they couldn't afford. That once we detailed it right, drew it properly, understood how the hands were going to be used to build that thing, we were able to, oh, wait, we could afford that. 
That's so, amazing. We love it now. That's so, that's the thing I get off on. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting when you think about it. You're not that different from your grandfathers, are you? No, not at all. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> it's a great thing when you can meet somebody who's here in the D.C. region making things happen and literally getting his hands dirty. Gavin Daniels, founder and principal of Wingate Hughes Architects. It's great to meet you and look forward to hearing about your progress in the future. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Tracy Madigan, our producer, and I really enjoyed putting it together. And it's just another great example of where we're finding more and more people coming our way to share their great stories. You know, three months ago when we started this program, we knew that there were many people out in the D.C. region who had important and interesting stories to tell. We knew that. We sensed it. But what's happening now is as we head toward our 100th podcast, more and more of you are coming forward with the stories that matter to you. So don't forget to reach out to us directly on Twitter at, at What's Working DC or find us through LinkedIn. But most importantly, spread the word about this show. It's having an effect. People are excited. And more importantly, we're pushing back on the notion that the only thing that happens in Washington is politics. So we'll see you next time on What's Working in Washington. Goodbye. <laughs>